Hello and welcome to Life Bites, Bite Back. Um, So we're in the middle of December, not quite the middle, but we're into December now and we are, um, everyone's in the throes of all the magic of Christmas. Um, One of the things the magic of Christmas includes is Santa Claus. And, you know, when you get married, this is one of the choices you have to make. Like, when we have kids, are we going to do Santa Claus? You should maybe put a disclaimer out here before we go on any further. Why? <laughs> Children may not be appropriate for this conversation. <laughs> I'm just... I was going to put it in the title, but it's okay. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, <laughs> and joining people, me today well, is my husband. <laughs> and then there's people out there like me that don't read titles. They just click and listen. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I'm looking I'm looking out for you do and you, your... Do you put your children in the room with you when you listen to podcasts? I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> just yours, huh? You listen to talk radio. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. They need to hear that. <laughs> they might learn something. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Santa Claus. Santa Claus. What do you remember growing up about Santa Claus? That was probably one of the happiest times of my life. I remember the anticipation and and everything. And our Christmases weren't, weren't real great and grand, but my parents did do a pretty good job of... of uh, giving us that anticipation of the unexpected in the Christmas morning. And so it was always nice. And that was probably one of my warmest memories growing up. Okay. How did you find out Santa Claus, the truth about Santa Claus? I, I don't remember. I think I might've already, I, I think I always knew. Really? I, I think so. I don't know. I don't re- really remember anybody saying, Hey, you know, this is a joke, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, there was never no disappointing moment of finding out. I think I always knew, but just the anticipation of something new when I woke up that morning was enough for me. So, okay, yeah, I don't think there was ever a time where uh, I had a realization that he wasn't real. I think I always knew that, but. Uh, Really? Yeah, really. Okay. Guess we so, hadn't really talked about that, have we? Before? Uh-uh. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I had to, you know, like I bought it hook, line, and sinker. Like I was so excited. And when they started tracking Santa on the news or whatever, uh, you know, my dad would say, I mean, oh, Heather, he's in Montana, you know, and here we were, South Dakota. And, you know, it was like, you, we have to get home and get you to bed. You know, wherever we were, we always went to my Grandma Luella's party on Christmas Eve with all of the Bush family. And then, um, so it was always during that party sometime, my dad or my brothers and sisters, somebody would be like, we have to get you home, you know. And the, you know, the radio just said that Santa Claus was over wherever, somewhere close, you know. I don't remember watching TV or having radio until I was like 16, so. Having a radio? Well, yeah, we had radios, but I never listened to them. I mean, we got in the car and they might have been on, but no, we didn't really, I don't remember TV until, well, not 16, it was younger than that, but. 
12 ish. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have, we had a TV, but we had no reception. So, yeah, uh, you lived pretty remotely. Yeah, very remote. Until so. you moved to town in yeah. Hot Springs, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so for me, though, like, it was absolutely 100% real. Uh, in the middle of the night, I like every time I fall, fell asleep during the rest of the year, I would sleep all night long. Christmas Eve, I woke up to pee 95 times, you know, and, and I needed a drink. And I needed a drink because to get from my bedroom to the sink, I had to pass the living room. And I would be able to peek a sneak look at what boxes Santa Claus might have left. If they'd showed up yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember doing that all the time as a kid. You know, peeking out there and seeing if anything had showed up yet. And then all of a sudden it would be there and you'd be like, oh boy. <laughs> and then you'd have to go back to bed. Yeah. So, you know, and I remember all of that anticipation. I remember all of that fun. We are old enough that when Santa came to the city parade or, you know, the city Christmas party or whatever, um, I remember getting one of those, like, net stockings, and it would always yeah. have an orange, yep. hard candy, and peanuts in the yep. shell. That's what we got from Santa at the Christmas parade or whatever when we were little. We were, Yeah, we, I remember going to the American Legion all the time, and they would get, they was, it was the same thing. <laughs> They probably get you. Probably went to the Legion too. It was the same. <laughs> I don't know that I had a Legion in my. Well, town. they gave them. I think they gave them to everybody in the country. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I got the same thing. It was neat. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. And so, um, um, my expectations of Santa were just, you know, way up there. And my parents were so good because, really, whatever I asked for, they always found a way to get it. And um, sometimes they didn't, they even got more than what I asked for. So I got up to about 10 years old and <clears throat> was still believing in Santa. And I had been told a couple of times from classmates or whatever that Santa wasn't real. <laughs> and I would always come home and I would ask my parents and I'd be crying and they would tell me, of course he's real. Let's read that story about where Santa lives or whatever, you know. And so when I was 10, then um, they bought me a puppy from Santa. I got this cute little um, blonde Cocker Spaniel from Santa. And I mean, I couldn't, when I got up to get a drink of water that night, I couldn't take it. I, I heard it ruffling, rustling in the box and it whined a little bit. So I knew I had a puppy in there and I think I got it at about 5 a.m. They left it in the box all night? Yeah. You don't do that today. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, but then that morning at breakfast for Christmas, I'm sitting on one side of the table and my second brother is on the other side of the table. And he is eating Oreos. And I don't even know how it happened. I think I remember saying um, something about I don't think Santa even ate my cookies. And my brother looked up, grinning, and I left Santa Oreos. Grinning with Oreos stuck in every tooth of his head. And he said, 
nope, because Santa's elves really enjoyed it. And he was rubbing his belly like, you know, <laughs> you know, and I was devastated. Like, I screamed at him. I started bawling. I look over at my dad. My dad's face is completely red and he's laughing silently, <laughs> you know, and so I found out about Santa because my brother was making fun of me, you know, because when he did that and he was rubbing his belly and he like, I just caught on like he had eaten the cookies. Dad was Santa, you know, and it was a very disappointing, very big of a letdown feeling. I was, I think I'm still mad at my brother over that. Like, Every time I think about this, I'm so hurt, you know, like it would have been so much better if they would have just sat me down and talked to me instead of, you know, letting my brother make fun of me at the table. And um, so I hated that part. One, I loved Santa until I found out he wasn't real. And then probably, I don't know if it was the way I found out or just finding out that he wasn't real, whatever. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really have a great opinion of Santa anymore. I felt lied to, I felt, um, you know, whatever. And I'm sure it was all because I was made fun of, but whatever. So fast forward, we get married. Yeah. And at, at 18, <laughs> you still regret that, don't you? Not now, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I don't advise it. I want yeah. you to know, honey, if we would not have gotten married at 18, no, we would we, not we have gotten have, married. Yeah, I, I know that. I would not. Oh, have, I knew that then too. I would not have stuck around. Yeah, I knew that too. Um, but so, okay. So we get married and we have this first child in 1990 and we have to decide what we're going to do about Santa Claus. What did you think about it? You know, at that point, um, I didn't have the huge letdown like what you had just talked about, but at this, at this particular point in our life, I was a new believer and I was trying to reconcile how do I raise my children to believe in a savior that they can't see, they can't touch, they can't, you know, he's not visible and they may not even be able to hear from him very well. Um, and then play this Santa game too and then at some point you know uh, it was just it was hard to reconcile, reconcile both of them okay so and I me... and so I, and I thought back to my childhood thinking I don't think I ever believed in him but the anticipation of Christmas morning was enough for me to bring joy and so I thought you know I don't want to run the risk of trying to you know teach them about a savior that in a lot of instances could be just as mythical as a santa claus okay you know? so let me give some background on that we had heard a sermon yeah not the first year we had our daughter but i think like the second christmas we had heard a sermon to where the preacher said um so you teach, you want your children to believe that Jesus in the Bible says he's all, all knowing, omnipresent, which yeah. is everywhere yeah. at once. And what was the other attribute? 
omniscient, omnipotent, and I don't remember what the other one was. So, I mean, he's so, everywhere and can see everything and knows oh, everything. Oh, and he knows all things, yes. Yeah. And so then the sermon went on to say, then you teach your kids that Santa is can be everywhere at once in one night. And you teach your kids that he knows every child, whether they're good or bad. And then you teach your children. So that was all knowing can be everywhere at once. And there was something else. And, um, and they said, and then about the time that you crush their dreams with <laughs> that Santa's not real, that's about the, t the age of accountability, usually for kids where they would learn to be able to make that commitment on their own without pressure from their folks. But they all of a sudden realize that you've spent their life lying to them about Santa Claus and hiding the truth from them and forcing them to believe something that wasn't true. Now, when we get down to the nitty gritty of trying to let them know that Jesus loves them and is always with them and you know all this and is real and is real <laughs> then they're just coming off of the heels of you of them finding out that you had lied about santa claus their whole life and so we had a problem like that was a problem for yeah, us yeah it, it it was and i didn't anticipate it it just happened and what you didn't anticipate what that uh, you know, I figured you know Santa Claus is just tradition, and <clears throat> I hadn't really thought of it that way and looked at it that way. But it might have been the first major conviction I had in my life as a believer, as a believer, and how I'm going to raise my family. And it was it was difficult to transition through that and work through that. And how was it telling your parents that you were going to do? That? Uh, you know, I kind of, you know, we were always going to do Christmas like we've always done or how we grew up doing it. They were just going to know that Santa Claus wasn't real, but the unexpected would still be there every morning. And I figured it would just be enough for them. And I think it was growing up, you know, most of the kids. What I didn't anticipate was the friction we got from family members. When yeah. we shared that yeah. with them. One of yeah. my family members asked us not to make the trip back to South Dakota yeah. for Christmas ever because they didn't want to take the risk of my kids spoiling Christmas for their kids. Yeah. And that, that just, that kind of surprised me. And that hurt, you know. And that, that, that surprised me um, because it made sense to me, you know. It wasn't that we were going to deny it. I get, and I guess people look at it that way. We're denying our kids that. They did. They did. Somebody in your life, wasn't my family, because we had my own in instances with my family, but somebody in your life was like, you're depriving your children. And um, I, don't, I don't know if it was a cousin or, you know, like just whoever we yeah. talked to. But um, I just, you know, and I just, I didn't see it that way. But it was, it was just difficult that people really kind of came against us that I didn't expect. I didn't expect that. 
and I didn't expect to not be invited back by certain people just because they, they didn't want to run the risk of our kids telling their kids. And, and then I guess that was a real fear for some of them, maybe. But uh, uh, I just hadn't expected We felt like that. we made a not very big, you know, it was like not a big deal. It wasn't that big a deal. Right. No. And then it was a really big deal well, yeah. for people yeah, in our was. life. So yeah. how did we handle that? We... Um, as our kids started getting older. I do remember several times where we had to set our kids down and they were they were good, um, had to explain to them. And I don't remember them ever feeling cheated or they didn't tell well, us because, that or. Yeah. You know, um, or, and even so as adults. Also, I, let me go back in that sermon. They also pointed out that how do you explain to Johnny that um, Sammy down the road gets a dirt bike from Santa and he got a package of socks. You know, like, yeah. not every household can afford to give Santa gifts like the other households. And then when they go back to school, they sit there and they think, gee, Santa's ripped me off this year, you know, whatever. So that was a big deal for us. So what we did was we set our kids down and we said, um, the spirit of Santa is real. Right. Wanting to surprise your loved ones with, you know, gifts that they really wanted, whatever. That heart is real inside of every home in America. But at the same time, we what we told them was, there's not just one guy who is Santa. We said every house has their own Santa. And that person is the parents sometimes there's only one sometimes it's just mom or just dad or whatever um but it's mom and dad who are the santa for everybody that lives in your house and we said i'm you know there's still going to be gifts under the tree christmas morning that are going to be signed from santa right but we just want you to understand that your santa is your mom and dad. And then we did, we proceeded with all of the gifts were signed by Santa. We did leave out cookies and milk. We did, you know, and maybe that was a little confusing for them because like, why are we doing this? If there really isn't a Santa, because a couple of them came to us a couple of times needing reassurance. Like, are you sure it's not (laughs) the big boy? (laughs) And uh, we had to tell them we were sure it was not the big guy in a red suit. Uh, but it was just really a decision that you felt very yeah, it, convicted Yeah, over. it did. Because at that point, you know, Christ was new to me. Um, I grew up in church, but it never was really real. It was just as myth- mythical as Santa Claus was. And I never really truly believed it, you know. I, and as an adult, a young adult, uh being introduced to the true savior uh, and coming to the realization that this is a real deal uh, was profound. And I I guess when I, I, I hadn't even factored Santa in at that point, but when we had children, I could see where 
this might be an issue mm-hmm. down might the be road. Confusing or you know, it might be confusing. And and then I, you know, and I just thought back on. I don't know whoever t- who told me that Santa wasn't real. I don't remember who told me. I just never really believed it. Just like I never believed in a Jesus growing up, you know, never truly believed in it. I thought, I, you know, just as myth- mythical Santa. Um, so I, I never had a disappointment with finding out Santa wasn't real. Um, so I thought w- we could pull that off with our kids. And I think we did. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Christmas was still, they were in awe of it growing up. Sure. And Christmas morning was, you know, um, it was a special so, time for all of them, too. So and I, think I have we to tell that. you, I, I wasn't as convicted about the Christian aspect of this whole thing as I was about, I was, I was so excited. It was like the first real major decision you had made for our family where you took the lead because I really didn't agree. I wasn't like... Well, and I understand that because, I mean, you grew up in a a, a lot different situation, but... um, But, I I mean, when you stepped up there and you said, Heather, I don't think I can do this to my kids, whatever. I mean, it was was endearing. It was... I, I respected that in you that you took the lead in making a decision for God, and I mean, and it was attractive. I mean, it was like you were going. You had made a decision against the norm for our family because you th- really thought it was what was best, and so I loved the whole thing because it was important to you, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I felt like Christmas could be Christmas either way. Yeah. And I do feel like it was. I, I mean, one of our girls, I think in 2006, all of our girls played competitive softball. And I, bats back then were $300. And so I had spent the entire summer and fall seasons trying to save up enough money and get my hands on um, competitive composite bats. Would that be the right terminology? Yeah. Um, my little one, I think her bat was 200, but the two teenagers, theirs were 300 and our junior high girl, you know, I don't know, but somewhere in between, you know, 250 something. And, um, they were the name brand, the one that all the college girls were using the one, you know, so we had them leaned up against the entertainment center on the TV with their stocking right beside it and then bows on the grip of the bats. And our girls still talk about that Christmas yeah. when they, because every, just like me, when I believed in Santa Claus every year, <laughs> they would all sleep in the same room and they would watch Christmas movies until they were positive that we were in bed. And then they give us a little bit of time to fall asleep and then they would go peek. Just like I had always done. You they know? come home from college and still do the same thing now. So <laughs> we didn't really go wrong, I don't think, but, in a lot of ways. Well, but, but a lot the, of people thought we did. You know, they did, and I didn't expect that. And to my knowledge, now, okay, I was never confronted by any other mom saying, your kid ruined Santa Claus for my yeah. kid. Like, I think, I could be wrong, but I think all of my kids kept the secret. I think so, too. We um, we told them that, you know, not all of the kids were told the truth right away. 
and that their family had made that decision that it was a fun game. We, we called it a game. We didn't want to make it sound like their parents were lying to them, you know, whatever. But that, you know, it was a game that their parents were choosing to play. And we were not going to ruin that for those families. Yeah. That we had the right to make our rules and they had the right to make their rules. And we were going to respect it, mm-hmm. you know. And <clears throat> so I encouraged them to play along with other kids who did believe in Santa. And... Um, you know, that we would have our own traditions and our own gifts and our own things and our Christmas would be just as good. It would just be different. Yeah. And to my knowledge, nobody ever ruined Christmas. For I don't know. And I don't ever remember hearing, hearing that. And I think they done well in doing that. Right. You know, and even fast forwarding, we've got one of our kids that has her own kids now and they, they choose, they choose to use Santa um, and I do have she, to admit, there is a difference in the twinkling of the eye in my grandkids. Because, like, yeah, Christmas yeah. lasts all of December for right. them. Because they're looking forward to Santa. When they see him yeah. in the mall, they, like, get all excited. And yeah. it, and our kids really didn't do that. Yeah. because And some of them refused to take pictures with Santa because they were like, why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so, you know, that, well, I, that you made know, me sad. But... It, there's two things there that need to be brought out though this was my conviction as a young adult young parent and <clears throat> my daughter who has the children now doesn't share that same conviction and me as a parent or a grandparent at this point needs to be able to take a back seat to that yes we have and we have never even talked to them about why they went with santa have we no not really but it's it's not a big deal well, because it's that's none of our business it's none it's, of our business it's their family just like it wasn't anybody else's business when we made this decision but right they made it their business and thinking back on it now you know i wasn't going to be that kind of family member or parent that my conviction is not my daughter's my adult daughter's conviction therefore she chooses to go a different route i need to respect that yeah i'm not going to ruin that no for my i'm not going to ruin that i'm not going to be no. <laughs> i'm not going to run around with oreos in my teeth I just, you know <laughs> it was that was the one th- i did that was like a blindside i did not expect that when we made that decision as young adults. That people would come against that, us. They came against us so hard, you know. And uh, I didn't I didn't realize that, that was even going to be a thing. <laughs> um, and that probably, that thing, that situation probably... So did that help your faith or hurt your faith when people came against us? I didn't hurt it. Um, but what I think it did do was prepare me to be the parent of an adult child when they choose not to follow the traditions that I established in our house growing up to back take a back seat they've you know they've got to carve their own path and if they don't choose to use the traditions they grew up with that's okay yes that is okay and uh now and it's hard. I can, it's hard for us, like though it is hard for for you or us 
to be put in the position of having to lie about it. But we have become very good at just saying something like, you better go ask your mom, you know, instead of answering one way or the other, we have found ways to just get around it without actually having to perpetuate or deny. It's never been that big. We're Switzerland. (laughs) It's never been, it's never been that big of an issue. And I don't worry about it. Right. But it did prepare me to be a better adult parent or a parent of an adult child that chooses a different path. Did you take it as a rejection or an insult to us that we didn't? No. I didn't either. Not at all. Not at all. And I'm so sensitive to rejection. I'm kind of surprised that I didn't. Yeah, not at all. Um, And that's fine. Um, And I I guess my advice to anybody, I don't know, even if I would say it was advice, but... uh, as your children get older and they branch out and they start, you know, get married, there comes a point where you have to take a back seat, stop being the parent, mm-hmm. and let them do their own thing. Absolutely, you, know? you don't really quote parent your kids when they're adults. No. You are their parent, but you stop parenting because, quite frankly, stop. I do not have any of the. Like, it's exhausting to have to parent somebody every day. Why on God's green earth would I do that to adults? No. So on the Santa Claus thing, you still are happy and it's precious to you that we made that decision. We took a stand and we did something contrary to the norm. Yeah. And I did not expect the friction that we received, but that's fine. Um, Looking back on it, I'm comfortable with the decision I made, and I don't think our kids suffered. Yeah, and to be fair to those people who did come against us, they really only came against us like the first Christmas or two. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't our whole. Right, it wasn't our whole parenting. New. No, it was just a couple years. Yeah, and and I, as an adult, understand how, especially the person in my family who was like, please don't bring your kids around mine because they might, like, I get that. Yeah, I do too. Because they had the right to do Santa just as much as we had the right not to do Santa. Right, right. And I can see how it would have been concerning, you know, for... To think, oh, great, my sister's going to come from Oklahoma and Santa Claus is going to be bust for all my kids, you know? Um, yeah. No, I get it. I yeah. Get it. It, so I think that was I think that was justifiable for them yeah, to say. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, I it think was. it was a good thing. But I think it was a good thing in our life. And the thing I just wanted to do this podcast for is there's a lot of families out there trying to decide how they're going to do these things, like Easter Bunny like Tooth Fairy, like the elf on the shelf. Holy crap. <laughs> I would never. Do you remember when we tried to do that we one tried, year? We tried. I'm like, after three nights of that, I'm like, no, this is too much work. So we're, we're done. She was probably 11, maybe 10 or 11. And she was like, listen, I know it's not real. I just want to wake up and find an elf in different places every day and see what you come up with. And so my husband took two like uh, decking <laughs> nails, like when you build a house, like great big nails. And um, 
he pounded them into my ceiling. He hung crepe paper rope and hung the elf from it. And I think it stayed there like two days. But we took the elf down. We finally gave up and told her, no, this isn't going to happen. No, we, no. We're not doing this we're all like this Three more weeks of this? No. 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 <laughs> but I'm sitting here as we're recording this podcast, and those two nails <laughs> They're still up there. are still up there. Holy crap. So, yeah, we're not good at stuff like that. Um, but anyways, I and I loved that you made a decision for our family. I didn't really, I didn't disagree with it, but it wasn't a conviction for right. me. But I was so impressed that you had a conviction and you came to me and said, we can't do this. Well, and it, you know, and it made sense, to, and it still does make sense to me in some regard. You know, not to the point where I'm going to go out on a crusade and tell everybody you can't this do is, this. No, yeah. this no. is this is your deal. But it was really probably just a message for us. And maybe you know, but I was just a. I had just come to the realization that Christ is real, uh -huh. and that was still raw inside me. And now I've got to tackle pretending that another, you know, a fictional character is good. Has gonna, the same attributes gonna, as what we yeah. want them to believe Jesus And it just, has. it was, it was a conviction and it was, and it was real and genuine. And, uh, I think we were able to successfully wade our way through that mm -hmm. situation. And, uh, <clears throat> but you know, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today. To my listeners, I hope that you've enjoyed this. I hope it's given you something to think about. And um, I appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you in an episode soon.